Taylor, tell me, how was your first weekend of college football uh, with Sam Houston? So far, so good. I, uh, yeah, the guys went to Northern Arizona and uh, took care of business 42 to 16. So, uh, you know, feel like the national champs were just picking up right where they left off in FCS play. So it was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's already started and and uh, getting ready for the for the the home opener coming up this weekend against Southeast Missouri. Nice. Is uh, yeah. is the expectation to be supposed to be about the same for Southeastern Missouri as it was for Arizona or Northern Arizona? Yeah, I think I think Sam Houston's going to be a heavy favorite, uh, you know, for the majority of the year, especially being that we're. Uh, we got num- we got the number one ranking in the preseason, and so we're we're coming into we're coming in this year's number one ranked team. So, and and rightfully so because we got literally everybody back uh, starting for us who were the uh, national ch- you know everyone back from the national champion roster. So it's pretty awesome. How was Ezard's game? Um, that was the that's the guy. Yeah, that you, you kind well, of pointed e- out to me. Well, there was a scary thing because Ezard actually he got he got tackled in a pretty awkward fashion uh he got up and seemed fine but it, it definitely looked really really scary and concerning you know seeing as this guy's got a a lot of draft potential and uh but yeah I, I a lot of the a lot of our receivers were uncharacteristically cold it seemed uh, you know a lot of a lot of passes were I the the passes were on the mark they just weren't being caught so I think the offense has a lot to clean up uh you know, you know, looking ahead. But other than that, I mean, the, the team over, through and through look really solid. I mean, these guys are these guys are great, and they'll bounce back. They're they're a great team. Nice, very nice, man. Yeah, they'll be fun to watch. And I, I know uh, with the impending FBS transition, you got to soak up as many of these moments as possible. And it looks like the moments right leading up to FBS are going to be a lot of lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe after FBS, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, more of the same with Texas State. So rather than give you oh. a, a break on on that, I'll uh, move into what I generally consider more <laughs> more uh, more exchangeable conversation, and that's the NFL yes. season. Yeah, we 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 had a we had a we had a setup last year that I think um, worked really well for us in in terms of our normal conversations. But this year, I just wanted to put a little bit more stakes in terms of our our weekly picks. Put a little bit more blending in terms of our, our our rankings and all these sorts of things and just kind of move it into more of uh, a matchups to watch and maybe matchups to avoid for some reasons or maybe just to watch you know teams like the Chiefs who are always a great time to watch but maybe could be superbly outmatching their opponent so so what we're going to kind of do is break it into our top three locks of the week these are matchups that we pick our winners for that we think they are going to not struggle to find this win could be close but ultimately we believe that this team does not leave that game without a win and then we will follow that up with what would be the bottom three confidence and that would maybe be referred to as like some of the closer games or just two really bad teams that we are not really sure who is worse yet and uh, we put them at the bottom of our confidence rankings to kind of get this together and if you guys ever want to do these confidence rankings with them, we will make sure to include them in the YouTube links, um, in the podcast links. Feel free to pick along with us, throw your confidence rankings up with us, and see how you guys stack against us. So without further ado, Taylor, go ahead and list off your number one pick for your lock of the week, week one NFL season 2021. 
Okay, so my number one pick, my number one lock is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. Very nice. So safe to say you have not been impressed with what you've seen on Hard Knocks this season. Well, it's just you're not really sure. I mean, it's just kind of like Dak, I'm sure, is going to be fine. Uh, There's just no question. We know this full and well. The Dallas Cowboys are always, always going to be a very talented group of, of, of guys. I just it's just hard for me to see. Tampa Bay in some measure not picking up where they left off and and I and and there's just some questions with Dallas coming into this first game it's not to say that they're not going to be a good team all year they could be a a really formidable team but first game I I just I feel really good about the Buccaneers and where they're at yeah I think 20 or 21 returning starters from last year Insane. Super Bowl champion insane that is that that's so uncharacteristic of a team to do that guys who could make more money elsewhere taking these pay cuts and all or I mean that's just crazy to me. It was just like, wow. Let's just, you know, just adamant about running it back. It's crazy. It's a team with a common goal. Yeah, and, dude. And I I agree with you. That's actually my number one lock as well. I believe there is really no team in the NFC that is as complete as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their their draft picks are, are even coming in just as just as well. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, I mean, good lord, why are the rich dude, getting richer with dude. with guys like that? Yes, um, I mean, dude, yeah. So I I completely agree. Much of the common sentiment has been behind, uh, you know, the distrust for Mike McCarthy's way of doing things. Um, he can take a good situation and not necessarily make it better, but at the very <laughs> best, keep things yeah. at the status quo. And I think that's very much what we're going to see with Dallas this season, that we still are not quite sure what a that's good true. team's record is going to be this season with 17 games. Um, a lot of folks are thinking that you're going to need 10 wins, uh, or, or sorry, 12 wins to get into playoffs, because now we have an extended playoff format, in which case you know, we were even talking about hyperboles of uh, or hypotheticals of four teams from one division can make it into the playoffs now. That's absurd. But to to that point, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys, uh, their ceiling is really a, a playoff entry, um, and their floor is obviously much more closer to uh, what they found last year with with a Dak injury. And um, there's, there's pieces of that offense that seem to be so fragile and seem to be um, so closely tied to the success of each other, which, I mean, you can't really say that that doesn't ha- isn't the case for the Bucks because if Brady goes down, good Lord. But, you know, the Cowboys have yet to find that stride, to yet to find that real unstoppable force to keep them going all the way, um, you know, into that second week of February where they're playing. So, yeah, I completely agree. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run this away. I don't know if it's necessarily close just because the Buccaneers have just such a powerful offense. Yeah. Really comparable to the Cowboys. The only issue that we're that we're finding is that the defense for the yeah. Buccaneers, but if we want to compare those two units, it's just hardly comparable at all. So Yeah, and that and that's what I was gonna go into because you know I'm defense guy, but the the I, we know what the I think we know that the the uh Cowboys offense is fully capable of producing and we know how horrendous the Cowboys' defense was last year. I'm thinking about just a few seasons back when you had Rod Marinelli running that defense. Truthfully, like even in fantasy purposes and just in defenses in general, I just loved through and through how the Cowboys' defense was run. I loved it. Um, but at this point right now, I feel like we're trying to figure out, okay, what is this, what is this Dallas defense going to look like? 
you know, obviously they've got to be so much better than they were last year. But if it's like, how good does the Cowboys defense need to be in order for them to find some real consistent success? Like how, how much better do they got to be? That's kind of what I'm thinking about and wondering. Well, it's certainly from the past element as we've, as we've, you know, you and I have been watching the the NFL for a lot longer than most of our peers, but um, we've been watching it very closely for the past 10 years. Um, and uh, these passing offenses have overtaken all offenses in the NFL. Yeah, and bro. Where we have, where we saw so much struggle last year was with the Dallas Cowboys pass defense. Yeah. Big and time. I, I believe they upgraded their, their front seven with, with Patrick uh, or uh, with Michael Parsons. Yeah, man. Um, I really expected Sertain to be picked right there, but Michael Parsons is not a step down, in my opinion, in terms of your defense as a whole. Um, so, uh, I, well, those I think those two those two corners got nabbed before the Cowboys pick. So, right, right, that was that was my prediction that they, it would make it to there. But um, I think yeah. Michael Parsons was a great fill. Cowboys yeah. have always destroyed that first round pick. Yes, yeah, um, and I, I think that's the same case for this year. But I think that pass defense is really going to create some issues for them in terms of success week in and week out. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so you and I unanimous on Buccaneers, yep. uh, probably unanimous it, it, or at least consensus that they are both in our top three picks, uh, for Super Bowl champion this year. Oh, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. I agree. Yeah. That don't, that don't change. So um, I'll go ahead and lean into my number two pick for right. lock of the week, and that would be the San Francisco 49ers over the Detroit Lions. I believe this one is not particularly close. We are just looking at somebody who does know what they're doing versus somebody who in their first time uh, dealing with something. We have, um, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, their tenure together has been phenomenally successful. Um, we now have at least you almost saw uh Kyle Shanahan used some fantasy advice and handcuff his quarterback position so that that would never happen again. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm very excited to see what the 49ers can do. We, we were talking just a second ago about, you know, like the Buccaneers, who, who can really contend to them. We have, you know, we have some folks up in Wisconsin. We have some folks in L.A. Um, and I believe this this team in San Francisco is also going to be one of those teams in discussion for representing the NFC. Um and they're taking on a team, uh, Dan Campbell up in up in Detroit, um, which, you know, there's there's no doubt that that guy is a great, great entertainment to watch for interviews week in and week out. Um, but, you know, going from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff. There's a tangible difference there. <laughs> I will say that at least. So we know we know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think there is some bright spot bright spots for um for for Detroit you know they got Penny Sewell they got um I'm very excited to see how that worked out um he should have been in Cincinnati but we'll mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go there uh, later but uh and then they also have TJ Hawkinson you also have uh DeAndre Swift and um you know there there's some pieces there on the offense to like but ultimately um as we've talked about for years that I think uh, while Jared Goff's his stints in uh LA they finished round top 10 offense every year in terms of passing yardage. And now they're moving from what we move. He is now moving away from what we understood as the main reason for that passing yardage in Sean McVay and moving towards Dan Campbell. Uh, I, I think we're just finally going to see what, 
what Jared Goff is without the training wheels on. Mm-hmm. And um, in my personal opinion, in, in terms of what I believe that the quarterbacks, uh, the caliber that are coming out right now, I don't believe Jared Goff is going to be in the top half of them. Um, and that's even being kind. So I think I think the Lions will struggle this year. They're one of my picks to be in the top five for the draft. Um, and, you know, the 49ers are one of my picks to for sure be at least contending for a conference championship and maybe further, you know, given whatever unfolds this season. Right. Yeah, that's also my second uh, lock as well, the 49ers over the Lions. Uh, I just feel so – I well – First off, we knew San Francisco just had a lot of injuries that really hurt them last year. But overall, I mean, this defense is still really dangerous and really in, and, and still intact. And that was that was like the big standout for San Francisco is they had this like ferocious defense assembled, and uh, and then you got Kyle Shanahan being the expert that he is on the offense, working with those things. And so um, I think for any team, I mean, we just know that staying healthy really is key, and and it's really important to have your long-term success, like, in the season. Uh, So I think for San Francisco, it's like, man, these guys, they're really good. If they can all stay healthy, they're a really good team, and they're dangerous, and – and we can't take them lightly. And because of everything that happened for them, barring all those injuries, you know, I'm expecting to see San Francisco come out really hard and play really, really well. Uh, it's just unfortunate for Detroit that, you know, they're the first game against them. And, uh, but, you know, Detroit, like, I, I, I mean, I got to credit the, the it's, 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 it's funny to me, but they still have fans after all these years. And they really do care. Um, it's just it's just stunk. But I feel like Motor City Dan Campbell has been a uh, uh, an entertaining presence to that team that Detroit has lacked for so long. Uh, and it's so, fun. It's fun for yeah, football now again. Yeah, yeah, because it gets the it gets the Lions talked about. Now, yeah. granted, it it. At the end, it's like Dan Campbell can be as entertaining as he wants, but at the end of the day, the Lions, you know, what all that matters is winning, and so they're going to want wins to follow with Dan Campbell. And so, but I'm with you as well. I, I believe the Lions are a top five pick in the draft next year. Uh, you know, it's just hard to say. I I mean, and you're right about Jerry Goff. I think we're going to really, we might actually begin to really see those flaws pop out. Granted, it's not a it's just not a very good team, but um Who's the number one receiver in Detroit? <laughs> can't name him. Yeah. So it, it, the only reason I even know two receivers in Detroit is because I've been playing fantasy. Kenny Galladay, it was. He he's in New York now. That's but, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's Quintez Cephas and then Amon St. Rob Brown, I believe is the name, and he was just drafted, um, I believe in the third round. And so those are those are their leading targets. So it it, it really seems as as though, well, it's TJ Haw- it's TJ Hawkinson. Really. I agree. I yeah. agree. I, and, it, and that's why I have huge stock in TJ Hawkinson in a lot of drafts, just because you know we don't know the name of their number one receivers, so mm-hmm. we know the name of TJ Hawkinson. So yeah. I think I think there's a huge absorption rate for for catches there. But yeah, um, ultimately, yeah, I I agree. I I think there is something more exciting 
um, with the absence of Patricia in the in the, uh, in the entrance of Dan Campbell. Um, you know, the Patriot way didn't necessarily work in Detroit. You know, that that solemn, uh, stoic presence at, at the at leading your team is not necessarily something when you have um, maybe something solid, solemn and desolate um, on the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're we're uh, we're in understanding here that, that the Lions are going to struggle. Um, but there is still reason to watch them um, just because there's a lot of unknowns. And I'm, and I'm very excited to see, um, you know, they're, they're throwing stuff against the wall and figuring out what sticks. And I think the things that will stick in the in the in the Lions franchise this season are, are worth paying attention to. Mm hmm. So uh, go ahead and, and, and give me uh, your, your third pick for lock of the week. My third pick for lock of the week, I've got the Chicago Bears losing to the Los Angeles Rams, and that's on Sunday night football. So that's my, uh, that's my take. I think uh, I'm excited, very excited to watch the LA Rams. Such a good team, but now... With the, I mean, I, 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 I feel, I think a lot of people have reason to feel so good and just like, man, we're going to watch this team fly with who they have now at quarterback, Matthew Stafford over a Jared Goff. And not just, it's not just what Matthew Stafford can do from a talent standpoint. We know he's got the arm, he's got the leadership, he's got the experience, he's got all these things. But it's like you take this guy and who he is as a quarterback and then you put him with a mind like Sean McVay. What can these two really accomplish together? We saw just what Sean McVay was able to do with a Jared Goff. Now, I mean, I think like Jared Goff managed to get to a Super Bowl with McVay, which is impressive. But it's just like wondering... Or should we be rephrasing that Sean McVay managed to get to a Super Bowl? There with you Jared go. Goff. Yeah, that's that's a better way to put it. But it's like, it's as if like it's like this is this this has the potential to be a perfect marriage between these two. It's like Matt Stafford needs Sean McVay, and Sean McVay needs Matt Stafford. These two together are like. They're both hungry. They're both talented in, in what they do. And and this could be all that the Rams have really needed in order to, to propel them to what could even possibly be a similar height as what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have, have been at and what they're able to do. I mean, I really could legitimately see. Comparison. Yeah, I, I, I could legitimately see the L.A. Rams. Uh, I could see that game. I, 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 I don't think it would be far fetched to say that I could see the Buccaneers and the Rams meeting in the NFC championship game. There's a good, you, there's a possibility of that. Do you think the Rams are the greatest threat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC? Man. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, we, we just talked about San Francisco that I, I'll, I'm, I'm interested to see what that will look like. And, and, Granted, you know, Garoppolo, he, he'll have to stay healthy and such. We just don't really know even offensively uh, how good the, the, that the 49ers are going to be. But I, I think right now, if I had to pick an NFC team to, to contend with the Buccaneers, it's the Rams. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of folks that still really like I and me still like I, Packers. Yeah. Still like Packers. There's yeah. nothing. There's not exactly like an absent defense on that side of ball. But yeah, you and I agree that and and uh, and I like your comparison. You know, Bruce Arians needed a quarterback for years, and he finally got one. Um, yeah. Sean McVay has been doing uh, far far outperforming his uh, his 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 quota, uh, I guess, or his expectations. Yeah. Um, with with Jared Goff and now you know getting a a premium premium piece to play with um in in Matt Stafford I think we're both going to see what those two guys are really capable of um yeah. yeah maybe maybe we do need to start putting a pre pre uh pre podcast meetings I think um because we we uh we had the same top 3 same order uh I believe this one's I believe this one um is a lock uh for for the Rams uh, you know it it's it's really our, our our top three locks are three of the top four teams that I consider in the NFC. Yeah, um, you know there's there's some unknowns with uh, Green Bay's matchup this week, so um, that's where I wanted to really pick these three teams because they are so so far superior to their opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to speak about Chicago for a second, and yeah, I, yeah, and, I, and I'm really interested because there are some interesting things going on with Chicago this year. Um, you know, first off, they they have three very very well known names for uh, for their quarterback roster. Um, number one on the depth chart, Andy Dalton. Number two on the depth chart, obviously Justin Fields. And number three on the depth chart, Nick Foles. I mean, we're we're not exactly lacking caliber with this with this quarterback room. Um, and then you have Matt Nagy, who uh, by you know some standards believed to be uh, the person who aired in the era of Mahomes. So. Um, you know uh-huh. they, that that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, quarterback room to be a fly on the wall of. Um, I I'm really interested in watching how this offense looks because there are so many pieces here to like David Montgomery in the backfield. Um, certainly for fantasy owners, they're going to recognize him more than anybody. I think he believe uh, he finished at RB seven in most formats. So good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you also have uh, two great receivers. Um, one of whom maybe. A little frustrated with uh, with uh, some of the quarterback play the past few years, and Allen Robinson um, certainly undervalued by most NFL fans. Um, but for those of us who have been playing fantasy football, this guy has been a well-known commodity. So special, yeah. And it's a matter of time before a lot of these catches and yards turn into catches, yards, and touchdowns. Um, I think this could be one of those seasons, given the caliber of that quarterback room. Um, additionally, they have J- uh, Jarrell Mooney. Um, so th- there's some interesting storyline here. So uh, I I believe it, he came away last year uh, facing against Jalen Ramsey um, with two touchdowns. Uh, it was looked on as you know Jalen Ramsey has very high games and then very low games, and sometimes his low games are, are against you know guys like Darnell Mooney. Um, and so Darnell Mooney, I believe, only uh, started at the at the back half of last season and ended with somewhere around 800 yards. I don't know the stats in front of me. Um, so I think it's a very interesting that if Darnell Mooney really becomes, um, that supporting number two receiver, they have a great, uh, great, great backfield. And, um, you know, with Matt Nagy, uh, finally, I think having the pieces to truly, uh, envision or carry out what he's envisioning for this offense. I think, I think this is Matt Nagy's best shot for securing a, sequel campaign for this Bears team and I and I think this is that's exactly what the ownership and GM did for him because now it seems like there would be less excuses for this I do agree with Andy Dalton starting week one 
um, because we all know that Justin Fields is the future. We just know that a Super Bowl isn't this season's future. So I agree that Andy Dalton, you want to make sure that you know pros are out there making the mistakes. You have to show the demeanor of what it looks like uh, for all these game speed, game decisions, game situations. Um, these things need to be experienced in a less um, turbulent manner, I, I, I guess. Uh, I, I really like... Uh, you know, uh, Justin Fields and Andy Dalton talking about each play rather than Justin Fields having to absorb what he saw, having to figure it out. I understand quarterbacks like Justin Fields, like like Trevor Lawrence and all these guys can figure it out much faster than most folks um, that it takes them in the NFL. But I agree. Keep your uh, keep your keep your franchise safe. Um, we saw what happened with with Joe Burrow last year. We don't need that happening again with another promising guy. Um, there's a history with Ohio State quarterbacks that you and I mentioned that yet there has yet to be one that really pop off in the NFL, um, at least in the in the past two eras uh, of of Ohio State quarterbacks. But I believe Justin Fields is the closest we're going to get um, to something being really special. But um, as we've seen in some of these preseason preseason games, he is still treating the game um, as he is one of the superior athletes on the field, and we need that understanding of game speed, of true regular season game speed to really be observed rather than experienced first. So um, I think there's some really interesting things going on in this game, and I'm, I'm excited to watch it. This will be one of the locks that's maybe less boring uh, to watch just because there is so much to, uh, to check out here. Yeah, and there's no question uh, about this guy's talent. Justin Fields really is a special player when you watch him. Uh, I mean, he gives he gives me these uh, these like similar uh, impressions that Deshaun Watson does on the field, which is great. Um, but uh, um, I think that this is the Bears were in a very desperate play to. It's like we've got to we've got to draft this kid. Like we cannot miss this pick. We can't. We have to get Justin Fields. He's there, and we can get him. Let's get him. And and the thing is, the reality is that the GM and Matt Nagy's jobs are on the hot seat very much. And so the question will be is when when are we going to see Justin Fields uh, actually see the field by what week? You know, some are already taking bets, probably week two or week four. But I do think that we are going to at some point see Justin Fields become the starting quarterback of this team during the course of the season. It's just a matter of when, uh, you know, Andy Dalton is, is, he's, he's just a pro man. He's a veteran. And I think he's going to go in and be very professional and do, I think he's going to do some things really well. It's, we know, like, I think we know what Justin Fields is capable of. It's a little bit more of a different situation as to say than what Miami went into last year when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua. And, uh, you know, with Tua, we didn't really know. Like we had to kind of see it, but in this case, in this case, I think we know what Justin Fields is capable of, and I guess it's going to be, if the Bears are not winning games, I think that's when we're going to see Justin Fields get in there because it's like, the Bears, the Bears, I don't think can really afford to lose many games this year. I mean, I, I and I think that's in large part of Matt Nagy's job being on the line and knowing that Justin Fields is very talented. He gives us. A really high upside in keeping us in games or 
you know, whatnot. It, we don't know. It's just we got to see, like, you know, and we talked about the Ohio State quarterback trend in the NFL, and, you know, Justin Fields could re- legitimately break that. So we'll just see. I mean, he is exciting. He's he's a player to get excited about if I'm a Chicago Bears fan. So, um, you know, so we'll see. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what this Bears team looks like. And uh, also interested in their defense as well and what that could what that could do in keeping them in games. So I think uh, I think the Bears have have put some good pieces together there. So uh, so we'll just see. I, I it's like. I'm I'm kind of well, curi- with, with, with curious ro- where the Bears are on that on that totem. With all roads looking like Aaron Rodgers is going to be leaving the NFC North yet next year, <laughs> I, I I'm excited if I'm a Bears fan because yeah. you know whether or not you have Matt Nagy, you know in Minnesota, whether or not they have Mike Zimmer, these teams have some pieces that make that division a lot more interesting without Aaron Rodgers in them. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but moving on uh, to the closer. Uh, comparisons of the week and we'll kind of work from you know what we believe to be a more of a lock and then work towards our closest week uh, game of the week so uh, my third closest game of the week is going to be the Atlanta Falcons over the Philadelphia Eagles and so I picked this team this matchup because I have yet to understand what either of these teams are going to look like without um, you know as many pieces as they had last year Uh Philadelphia obviously going through a major coaching change. Atlanta Falcons obviously going through the same thing as well. Um, Atlanta Falcons also losing arguably their their best franchise receiver. I understand they've had some some great guys, Roddy White and so on, but um, Julio Jones was just a different breed when he was on the field, and it was it was understood by everybody. Um, I picked Atlanta to win this because I believe they have a little bit more direction in where they want to go. Arthur Smith's taken over um, from Tennessee last year. Um, I think the run game could work here against teams that are going to have lesser defenses um, where the run game is, you know, they're not playing from behind all the time. I think that's where Arthur Smith is going to shine. And I think that's this game right here. Um, Now, one of the unknowns that I think really made this such a closer game for me is the fact of Matt Ryan doesn't have his favorite target anymore. Um, Matt Ryan has uh, approximately an 86.7 passer rating without Julio Jones and with Julio Jones, it's, you know, you know, breathing on a hundred. Um, so I, I'm very interested to see how this passing offense changes. Calvin Ridley is going to step into the Julio role. He's mentored by the guy. Um, and then we have Kyle Pitts absorbing any remaining targets, which, you know, we all want Kyle Pitts to do well. I think the NFL is in a good place. If Kyle Pitts can come on and burst in. Um, but you know, uh, Philadelphia has their own questions as well. They got a Heisman winner now um, in their receiving core. They got um, an Alabama quarterback who's finally ready to take the full job. But, you know, how long will we have that with a guy named Garner Minshew behind him? We don't know. And, yeah. and that's where I really believe Atlanta has the best chance to win. But I believe there's a surprise element here, a pride element here um, for the Philadelphia Eagles that uh, shouldn't be underestimated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So were these the were these like your teams that you were uh, talking about that were in your bottom three, like those matchups? Yeah. So um, the way ESPN has it, it, you can rank your 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 picks each week from one to sixteen, and so where it would make sense for the sixteenth would be your least favorite. No, the way it works is you get sixteen points if you uh, 
well, assuming there's 16 matchups, you get 16 points if you pick this winner right. So you and I uh, both put our 16-point wager on the Tampa Bay over Dallas game. Uh-huh. So this was, uh, you know, for the for our our closest game, so to speak, would be three, two, and one. We only want to oh, wager yeah, yeah. low amounts on that. So this is my three. Okay. Uh, I only wanted to wager three points. I believe Atlanta could win it, but like I said, uh, I I don't want to underestimate the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Um, in terms of a, a pride win. Okay, so that was your three was the uh, Falcons and Eagles. Correct. Okay. Uh, well, uh, for my three, uh, I I'm I'm making a little bit of a a it, it probably to the majority it seems like it'd be a bold pick, but I'm actually gonna take uh the washington football team over the la chargers fascinating this is my second pick so i'll let you take it away (laughs) yeah um i just i love this washington team i really do um they i mean i don't think that that here's the thing i feel like washington they 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 really did surprise people last year even just by the way how well they played in the playoffs against the buccaneers and so that was the closest closest win the Buccaneers dude, had for the entire playoffs. Yeah, and I like Ron Rivera, and so I just uh, the Chargers have a brand new head coach. I have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, there's no question the Chargers have talented guys. Obviously, Justin Herbert being on that, and then you got revamped you know, offensive line. Yeah, Joey Bosa on the other side on defense. I mean, they got they've got really really good. I mean, it's just a talented roster. If you're a, I mean. If you're a new head coach coming in to take over the Chargers job, I think you're really excited about this roster and what you got to work with. That's what I'm saying. The Chargers have a lot of pieces in place. Um, it because it's a new regime, I I I, I wouldn't be surprised to kind of see some of the kinks being taken out. But that but this is the thing about the Washington is I just feel like Washington can play without really nothing to lose, in my opinion. I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I mean, it, it it may not be true, but Washington, I don't think there's I don't think the expectations are too high on them. Um, you know what I'm saying? They can just go out there and play. And and when you got Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback, I, I mean, this guy, it seems like everywhere he goes that's new, he just he just comes out firing and he just he I mean, he's so talented and he, and he, and I know it's in large part of his leadership and the the character guy he is in the locker room, but I also just love the defense. I love Washington's defense. Ron Rivera is a great defensive mind. And so he's working with some great, great commodities on that side of the ball. But I just, I'm really, I just, I'm really, really, really uh, intrigued and interested in Washington. Washington's my pick. Uh, to win the NFC East this year, um, and so uh, I, I'm just I'm just eager and excited to see how this team does. Uh, but I I I wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, the Chargers have a great roster, but I would not be surprised if Washington was to come out on top uh, in this Week One matchup with them. So I'm rolling with that. I love this pick. Yeah, I I, I picked this as my number two pick. Um, okay, just because of that exact reason. I think both of these two, both of these teams are really in the same state. That there there is a ton of potential. The ceiling uh, for yeah, these yeah. for these two teams, I believe, are very very closely paired. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Iadonis, uh, Montez Sweat, and 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 Chase Young. You need double teams for all those. So hopefully, you're putting six offensive linemen 
on at all times. And then yeah. in which case you still got an open uh, some linebackers and, and, and perhaps another defensive tackle running crazy around there. Um, that I, I love, as, as I've talked about, you know, you see teams like, like Kansas city come on the scene. You see teams like, um, like Dallas do their thing and packing up receivers, like, like Tampa Bay, obviously doing the same thing as well. There's a lot of folks that believe the answer to success in this league right now is by mimicking the offense, the high powered, the fast moving, um, these, 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 these molds that are being made by others. Um, but I love watching teams like Washington, watching teams like, I mean, even as much as it hurts me to say as a Raiders fan, watching teams like Denver respond to this offensive explosion by just powerhousing their defense. Um, I think it creates so many problems and it shuts so many things down and more so it slows the game down for a team. Um, and, you know, to answer or, or to respond to your question, I love you said they have nothing to lose. And signing a guy like Fryans Fitzpatrick is exactly that mentality that you yeah. want at quarterback that, <laughs> yeah, that uh, synonymized that. He was a late bloomer in the NFL. Um, he didn't really start popping off, uh, you know, to a regular uh, predictable sense until, you know, uh, later the past three or four years. Um, but, you know, that that guy of, hey, I'm going to throw it deep because I trust my defense. That is the guy you want because he will find folks like Terry McLaurin. Hopefully Curtis Samuel can make it onto the field as well. But we also got guys like Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson. It's just a beautiful, beautiful roster um, that I, I agree with you. I think they, they have that NFC ready for the taking. And uh, I, I really like this team. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, Los Angeles Chargers, we're, we're going to see. That, that was the one of the big reasons I wanted to pick Washington here. Um, we don't know what that coach is going to do. Obviously, they lost a lot of close games due to some mismanagement uh, last year with Anthony Lynn. Um, I want to see those mistakes cleaned up. Yeah. From a from a from a from an analysis standpoint, certainly not from my Raiders standpoint. I'm I'm okay with the mistakes staying right where they are. But uh, you know, uh, I I think there is some really 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 beautiful things um, that is in Justin Herbert's game. Um, I would love to see Keenan Allen finish a full season. I know he's getting starting to get up there at least in terms of NFL age. Um, but there's both of these teams are sneaky sneaky playoff contenders if either of them are playing for a conference championship i am not surprised i am not surprised because i believe that is within the realm of potential um you and i are just holding off to see if they can elevate in terms of consistency because i think that is one uh, uh, uh thing that these two teams have really lacked over the past two years is just doing successful things regularly yeah um so I, I had the same number two pick, so I'll go ahead and skip my number two pick. If you want to list off who your who your number two pick is for the closest game of the week, we can get it going. Well, I should have uh, gone into that when you spoke about it, but my number two pick is I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons over the Philadelphia okay. Eagles. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think I don't have a whole lot to say about the Eagles other than I'm just like trying to figure out who, who the fat are they and uh, – I mean, I think I think they're kind of in somewhat of an identity crisis at this moment. Um, they, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird because the Eagles were not, you know, they're they were just a few years ago Super Bowl champions, and to see where this team has now fallen to, it's just kind of like, okay, well, maybe they're just really like they're trying to really figure some things out and what their identity is, and I and that's okay, like, uh, you know. I, so I, I have just, a question for you. Yeah, sure. Where do you think 
each of these two teams finish in the draft order? Which pick do you think each of these two teams are in the upcoming draft? I have felt like I have felt like the Eagles are are likely the number one or number two pick in the draft. I think okay. they're a top two pick. Okay. Top three. But I, I I I could see the Eagles being I could see the Eagles being the number one or number two pick in the draft. Um I just I just don't think they're very good. And um yeah, I mean, I just think the Eagles are going to have a really rough year, um, and 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 that's okay. They're they're just I think they're in a mass. I think they're in a major rebuild. They're a major yeah. rebuild franchise right now. I agree. Um, I think it's then, a bad team in a in an overall bad division, which equals yeah, very low, yeah. It equals a low draft pick. Yeah, I just don't have. I I have the Eagles being at the very bottom of the barrel with the among the NFL teams. Um, so and for then, Falcons, you have a bad team in a very good division. Well, at least it's certainly a top heavy yeah, division. Yeah, I, I just think the Falcons are going to still be... I think the Falcons are going to be much more competitive uh, this year as as compared to last year. Uh, you know, I love... I, they still have Matt Ryan. They still have weapons on the offense. Uh, the defense as a whole has got to get better. Uh, we know that. But, um, but Arthur Smith, you know, comes into Atlanta with a really sharp offensive mind. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to get a lot much more out of this Falcons offense than what it's been getting. And, uh, and that's saying a lot being is that they had Julio Jones and guys like that. So yeah, I just, I just like what I, uh, I like what I see this year from the Falcons. I see a much more improved team than what they've been in, in, in recent times. So um, where they finished, uh, as far as picks go, um, I don't remember where I have them in the division. I, you think they're above or below Carolina? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. I, um, man, that's tough. It's like, who's better? Who do you think's better? I, I, I mean, you, know this is, you can really pair this to the NFC East. Like, who do you think is worse? The, the yeah. Giants or the Eagles? Like, they, I, it's the same thing. Really. Yeah. I, you know what? I think, I think I'm going to put, I'll, I'll put Atlanta finishing ahead of Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I can probably yeah. agree with that. I, I think, I think Carolina is playing the long game. Um, mm -hmm. I think Carolina is, is at the bottom of the NFC South. I think they're also waiting on waiting on what's going to happen in Houston, um, which yeah. segues quite well to what I considered yeah. the number one closest game of the week. Uh, it's not going to be exciting for most fans. Uh, us us two uh, generally have a little bit more interest, I guess, uh, in oh, okay. watching this one. Okay, but uh, you hype me up. I, I expect them to be the number one overall pick, but I also expected them to pick week one. Uh, as my uh, closest game of the week winner, and that is the Houston Texans over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, this is ad nauseum at, at, at some point, but there's not too much to like about the Houston Texans roster. And um, I spoke earlier on the point of pride um, with the Eagles possibly winning, and I think that is that is exactly the narrative here with, uh, with the Texans winning over the Jaguars, that they just finally need a positive storyline in their uh, house. And um, I think that is the whole thing. No, there is no better 
no better moment to change the narrative, if, if no matter how brief, um, than a division win. And uh, they get a they get an opponent who is also lacking in multiple areas. Um, we're going to see Trevor Lawrence. I don't know exactly how pressured he's going to be. This could be a high flying uh, or high scoring game, uh, just due to not not due to proficiencies on offense, but more to due to uh, deficiencies on defense. Um, I think uh, I think there's a, a a grand interest in watching this game if you are a Texans fans because it might. Might be one of the few and far between bright moments of your season. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that was your so that was your number one pick. Um, my game is uh, I'm gonna my number one is I, I'm gonna take the Denver Broncos over the New York Giants. Okay, yeah, give me, give me some thoughts. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I got a weird. I, I'm. I can't really figure this one out. Um, the Giants, I think, are going to be improved. I'm still trying to figure out their head coach Joe Judge, and how much better he's going to have this team. There was, uh, there was some weird controversies going on uh, this off season during training camp, and the way that he was kind of running practices and making guys run and stuff like that. And then he had all these guys like retiring left and right <laughs> from his team. That's so, such a boss move. I love that so much. Yeah, man. He's like, we're, we're going to run. We're going to make you guys run. You know, it's from, like that, that bills player that quit during the halftime of a game one time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the bills were like bad, I guess at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, um, so I'm I'm taking the Broncos in this one. Uh, you know I I haven't been like I, there's no question who Vic Fangio is as a defensive coordinator. Um and I and and I love I do love the Broncos defense. I love what he's got defensively. Um, I think that's going to prove some challenges for uh, for for Daniel Jones and that offense on the Giants. Uh, you know, Saquon's going to look great. I mean, I'm sure he looks we'll see. great. We'll see. But, but I, He's I, expected to be at full strength in week three. So we'll Yeah, so I, I don't I, – I didn't know if he was going to be going in this one or not. But um, Yeah, fantasy managers expected to pick up Devontae Booker as a handcuff for Saquon just in case until week three. Right. So I, I just – I love the Broncos' defense, and I love – I mean, I love Bradley Chubb. And uh, is Vaughn Miller going to suit up in this one? I believe so. Okay, so and and then they they uh, added Patrick Sertain uh, yeah. on their team this year, so they've got some really good pieces in place. Like I just and Vic Fangio, I mean he's being the defensive mind that he is, he's going to have this Broncos defense. I think be very formidable, and we've been wanting to see a full season of excuse me, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb uh, running together, and I know that's going to be great. And and you know what, on the offensive side of the ball. I just think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play some competent football. He he I mean, he's not like a he's not a stellar quarterback, but he doesn't suck either. I mean, mm. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do a good job. I personally think he's a he's more of an upside to the Broncos offense at quarterback than he is than Drew Locke was. Uh 
that's just well, my that's just my opinion. But well, very similar to what Kyle Shanahan was having to deal with last year with quarterback injuries. I mean, I think the Broncos looked at that position the exact same way that they wanted to handcuff that. Yeah, um, they had a a uh, I believe a practice squad cornerback playing. Uh, or a special teams guy playing quarterback last year against the Saints, and it was just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so you want to you want to apply some safety to that position, and that's where yeah. you know you got guys like Jerry Judy, um, who's ready for that sophomore leap that we always hear about with receivers. Um, you got Noah Fant, who should should be blown up too. Um, and then we also have Javante Williams, who is expected to be the guy carrying the ball for this offense for yeah. for going on. So. Well, my uh, my offensive question, I think for Denver would be, you know, how good their how good is their offensive line going to be? I, I think I think that's a big question for the Broncos' offense is is their O line has got to be on point. Uh, and uh, you know, I got a, I got a friend of mine who uh, he's a big Broncos fan, and that's always been one of the his biggest critiques on the Broncos is their offensive line and what they've lacked there. And but you know what I uh, I uh, uh, I, I'm interested to see how the Broncos do in 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 your division, the AFC West. What I but what I like most about them is their defense. I like I and and I think that's what the Broncos have have in some measures doubled down on, is you got to go up against a Patrick Mahomes and and a Justin Herbert, you know, and then and then of course, uh, uh, you know, John Gruden he he does. He does get a lot of good things out of the Raiders. I won't go too deep into the Raiders because we're not talking about them. But I'm just saying, like I, I like, I like how the Broncos' defense looks and heading into this division this season. Um, and I like sure. their and I like their chances against this New York Giants team, where I think, I think the Giants are kind of in a, in a, I, I you know, I don't see the Giants, uh, I don't see the Giants being in the top two in the NFC East. I, I think that that's goes to Washington and Dallas. I have the giants third. Um, and then, so I feel like these two teams are kind of in some similar boats here, but I like the upside more of the Broncos than I do say the giants, at least in this week one matchup. But here's the thing about the giants. They added, they added, I think Kenny Galladay and they got Kyle Rudolph. So what they've done is they said, okay, in order for Daniel Jones to really hit this next this next level and this stride that we drafted him for, we need to surround him with some experienced, capable weapons. And they got him to him. So I'm excited to really watch. The, the side of the ball I'm excited to watch is this Giants offense against this Broncos defense and how that I looks. Agree. So that that's what I'm expect excited to see. And and because I think that's really where the matchup. I think that's where the matchup is going to be most interesting, um, you know. But I, I, but I like. I think I like what I, I like what I see coming from Denver's offensive side of the ball, even going against the Giants' defensive side of the ball. Although Giants aren't slugs on on defense, they got some really capable players. But uh, you know, I, I, I think this is this was a, a tough one to figure out, but. At this point, I'm I'm I think a lot of people are picking the Giants, but I'm gonna go with the Broncos in this one. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I I picked the Broncos as well. I'm a little bit I mean, I'm I'm I picked them I I wagered seven points on them, so I'm a little bit more confident in the Broncos. Uh I'm a Saquon Barkley fantasy owner, so I've been following that situation pretty closely. Um and I, I expect the Giants to struggle here just because as I talked about, like that that Broncos defense is just so so interesting to watch. And I think their offense is at the very least on par 
with the offense of the New York Giants um, in terms of their production. Maybe yeah, not in the running game, at yeah. least as we know of their running game right now. But, um, yeah, so you're that's the whole way that this kind of works is, you know, the that that number one uh, bottom three confidence game, the number one team or the number one game is going to be the one that we, you know, it's a coin toss. It's quite literally a coin toss. Whichever one it lands on, it's not really surprising. Um, but this is kind of the format that we want to carry this season. And, um, you know, this is week one. So a lot of these are, are going to be hopefully becoming more uh, predictable as we go along. Um, but feel free to play along with us. As we mentioned earlier, there will be a link to play uh, against us and figure if you can outconfidence our rankings. Don't worry if you miss a week. Um, just means your, your wager has got to be more on point. Um, follow the NFL closely. Follow us closely. And uh, let's see how we do. So, um, yeah, I, I know you have a, a fantasy draft uh, today. It's your first time back. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that next week. I want to hear yeah. what it's like, the whole process, okay. coming back in. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and close out. Um, I want to have, have two questions for you. So we're, we're going to put these on record. These are your on-record uh, Super Bowl and your number one overall pick. So who is the first and who is the worst for the 2021 season? Yeah. Assuming injuries and all that stuff just doesn't happen. Assuming the real world doesn't invade this NFL season. Man, repeating is hard. Oh, yeah. Um, it's hard. You know, you could, you, could, uh, you could say the Buccaneers easily be the champions, but, you know... I think a lot of these teams know what the Buccaneers have and they're going to, they're going to be figuring them out and, and, you know, improving themselves. I, I'm, this is tough, but I think, I think my, uh, I think my pick is going to be the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. Spite is a very, very, very good competitive edge to carry yeah. into an NFL season. And when a good team gets embarrassed, it can be, yeah, a powerful move going forward. Yeah, I I think I think I like right now. I think as it stands, I like the I like a repeat of the last year's Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. But but I think the I, I like the Chiefs. I completely agree with your rematch aspect. However, I am picking the opposite end of that that pick, and I say Tom Brady gets number eight this Woo! year. So all right, um, all right. So we're covering all the knuckles. All he's got is two thumbs and. Uh, so I, I think okay. he's got a ring for every finger. So um, I'll go ahead and lead into the number one pick. This shouldn't be too hard to figure out. I know you you kind of touched on it in terms of earlier, and I, I did as well. Um, I expect the Houston Texans to be the number one overall pick. Um, I think there's not a whole lot of depth. There's not a whole lot of talent. There's not a whole lot of experience in the administration. Um, and then obviously having a distraction such as Deshaun Watson going on in your building. Um I know there's not a whole lot to like here, and I and I think that makes it the easiest choice for what I believe to be predicted as the number one overall pick. Well, many are going to figure out quickly listening to this. I mean, this is my team. the The Houston Texans are my team. That's who I'm a fan of. I have I have been quiet and wanting to talk about them a whole lot, rightfully so, being as how the way things are in that organization and the way things are going, I, I realize it's just a difficult and rough set of circumstances uh, for the franchise, but also just for fans as a whole the, uh, of this franchise. It's just tough. But 
whatever. I know I'm not a Lions fan or all these other things that people have said, well, you could be this or that. But you've had some my, excellent years in the past decade. At yeah, least. this is this is my team. So, uh, yeah, I, I also agree. I I think my team, the Texans, are going to be the number one pick in this coming draft. Um, there's just a lot to figure out. And I don't, I mean, my, my expectation right now is the Texans are, are going to finish the, my, my prediction going in this year is the Texans finish three and 14. Uh, that's where I'm setting on. And, uh, you know, I even, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some game. There could be some games this year that they kind of hit people in the mouth and surprise them on. And that would be like, you kind of like what we talked about, like that would just be like pride wins uh in some sense for the texans but uh yeah all in all i i think we're the number one pick and uh and uh and i'm going to be doing fantasy football again after having been out of retirement for the last several years because uh it's just going to be hard to to watch some of those texans games i'll be paying attention i'll be tuning in and checking everything out but i just i, I understand that you know i think we're the number one pick <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. There, there's a reason as a Raiders fan, I've been playing fantasy football so so intently over the past <laughs> decade. Um, but cool. That that's our uh, that's our week one uh, hype video precap. Yeah, I guess man. you could call it. Um, we got our we got our Super Bowl predictions. We got our our number one overall draft pick predictions, and uh, we're locked and loaded and ready to go. Uh, week one kicks off Thursday uh, with our believed to be number one lock of the week yeah. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's going to be a great time. I'm good. Yeah. Good. To, so happy to see football highlights this past weekend with college football, but I'm ready for the big show. Uh, yeah, dude. NFL starts uh, starting this weekend. I'm and, ready. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about it as often as we can yep. um, and get these, get these, uh, get these recordings out as often as possible for those who uh, want to listen with us and, and follow along. Um, but in the meantime, this was a great time and uh, look forward to it next week. All right. Sounds good, brother. This has been fun.